0: I had seen four neurologists who each reassured me that I was fine. I needed to sleep more. And it wasn't until I was speaking to my mentor, who is a plastic surgeon, who's a hand specialist. And I said, Hey, you know, this thing keeps happening to my hand and arm. And it's worse when I go in the shower and I take a hot shower, like the arm just doesn't want to (laughs) move. And he just looked at me and he goes, Maybe you have MS. And the moment he said that to me, I could just feel this like warm rush go down my body. And I thought, how could I have not known that? I'm a doctor. (laughs) So I, I just remember sitting there and going, yeah, I think he's actually right.
1: Everyone has a story to tell. And we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Koloskowski, and with us today we have as our special guest, Dr. Susan Pirovi. Hi, Susan. Welcome. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, we are absolutely thrilled that you said yes to sharing your story because I'm sure you have a unique journey here that people can learn from. So would you mind just starting out and set the stage of what symptoms you might have had that made you begin to think that perhaps something unusual was going on? Sure, probably the thing that caught my
0: attention first was some fumbling and weakness in my left hand and left arm with uh, about a month into having my first Baby, and it got worse because I ended up going to work probably a little too soon, and my work was as an anesthesiologist. There's a lot of left-handed procedures and instruments, and it requires strength. So all of a sudden, I realized I couldn't really do a lot of things that I could previously do. So this went on for some time, but I actually, when I think about it, um, I think I may have had optic neuritis in the third. Um, trimester of my pregnancy, I do remember not being able to, you know, easily move my left eye. It felt hot. Um, It was a little painful to move the left eye. Like when I was driving, I did not want to look over my left shoulder to check the lane. But you know, at that time they did all the tests and everything was fine. They did not do an MRI because I was pregnant.
1: Yeah, so what you're describing is kind of one of those things, oh, I'm pregnant and I have these vague symptoms that come and go and, huh, maybe I have something wrong, but it resolves itself. So all of a sudden, you're back to feeling like you're fine again.
0: Definitely. It really kind of plays a mind game with you where you go, was my arm really weak or was it just my perception? And of course, I went to doctor after doctor who said, you're a new mom, you're stressed. Um... Also, I was having a lot of wrist tendonitis from just picking up the baby, holding the baby, and nursing and all of that. So it created a lot of confusion, and everything was getting chalked up to the tendonitis I was having. But I kept persisting no, I'm weak. I can't do things I used to do. I can't play the piano. I can't do fine motor movements with my fingers at work when I need to sew something up. So This persisted and I was told that, you know, there was many other reasons for why I was experiencing this, but of course, you know, it took another
1: nine months to actually get diagnosed. So was there some event that eventually got the doctors to reevaluate these symptoms or listen to your oral history and say, maybe there's more going on than meets the eye? Yep, exactly.
0: So I had seen four neurologists who each reassured me that I was fine. I needed to sleep more and, you know, go to physical therapy for my tendonitis. It wasn't until I was speaking to my mentor who, you know, has known me since I was 16. He is a plastic surgeon, is a hand specialist. And I said, Hey, you know, this thing keeps happening to my hand and arm and it's Worse, when I go in the shower and I take a hot shower, like the arm just doesn't want to move. (laughs) And he just looked at me and he goes, maybe you have MS. And the moment he said that to me, I could just feel this like warm rush go down my body. And I thought, how could I have not known that? I'm a doctor. (laughs) So. I, I just remember sitting there and going, yeah, I think he's actually right. So I called my primary doctor. I had up until this point just only been seeing neurologists. Called my primary doctor. I said, I'd like to get an MRI. And she said, absolutely. She ordered it. And there it was.
1: You know, as you tell this story, Susan, it, it's very disconcerting to me to know that here you are, you're a physician. You're a medical doctor. You're well-connected you're knowledgeable. You saw the experts, you saw four neurologists who all patted you on the back and said, oh, it'll go away or, oh, you're a new mom or you're just tired. And it's alarming to me because I wonder how the ordinary person who is not credentialed like you are, how they might be dismissed in their journey as well. I mean, I can see the complexity
0: of diagnosing somebody with MS from like a provider's perspective, because people come in with vague symptoms and signs all the time. You don't send everybody to an MRI, but I had real symptoms in my left hand, but they could not pick it up on a physical exam. So it was subtle, but it was there. And I was sharing with them that I had seen multiple neurologists and nobody wanted to do anything. And I think maybe that made these doctors feel like I'm doctor shopping or I'm a hysterical person, you know, overreacting. But really, truly in my gut, I just knew something wasn't right. This was not... How my left arm behaved before, and this was very different than tendonitis. So I, I'm glad I persisted, but it was also interesting to see my own blind spot. Being a physician and not picking up that this was MS, and I think I was just too close to the problem, to to see it for what it
1: was. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you're you make a really good point there. And We always joke about you know can't see the forest the forest from the trees or the trees from the forest, whichever way that mm-hmm. goes and. Perhaps you were so immersed in it that you couldn't see it or others looked at you and said, oh, she's knowledgeable enough. She should know if this is something serious or not. I'm just kind of at a loss here to piece your story together in some sort of way for our listeners. Um, I'm just wondering, do you have advice for other people who perhaps are having symptoms that aren't showing up on regular exam, but yet they know something is wrong? You know, it's there's no clear cut
0: way to manage through it. Many people have vague symptoms and signs, and that doesn't always um, add up to an MS diagnosis. So, I think it's important to keep a diary of your symptoms to try to find associations like when are your symptoms worse when are they better and just take a good good history for yourself and when you show up to a doctor's office present that to them and say this is what's happening and i need to be reassured you know i'm not trying to get a diagnosis i'd love to not get a diagnosis but if there is something going on i'd like to know and if there's enough information there for your doctor to warrant You know, sending you for an MRI, then hopefully they will. But, you know, my symptoms weren't getting better. It was actually getting more and more frequent. And um, it was causing me to get very anxious, actually, about it, because, you know, my brain was going to all of the different neurologic diseases you can get. And I was like, you know, is it this? Is it that? You know? So um, advocating for yourself is important. Talking to family members and friends that you trust who can kind of be a mirror to you is important. And keeping a good journal of what's going on, I think is really helpful because it helps you organize your thoughts so that when you show up in your doctor's office, you know, they can kind of get a really
1: good picture of what's going on. And I think that's an excellent piece of advice because we know pre MRI technology era, the main thing that neurologists would go on to make this diagnosis would be the history of a patient and that physical exam of of neurological symptoms. But to actually hear the history of symptoms coming and going is really important. And we all know that memory is not always kind to us when we're sitting under the pressure in a doctor's office. Definitely. Do you have any like final bits of pieces of advice that you might um, give to people who are on their own journey?
0: I do. Uh, you know, I sort of realized early on after my diagnosis that I have a really unique skill set. You know, Not only do I live with MS as a patient, but I'm also a physician. And my MS diagnosis caused me to go into learning about all of the other things you could do outside of medications to boost your health, to add that on to whatever you're doing. So when we get a diagnosis of MS, of course, it's never something we want, but it can be very disorienting. But I think it helps if you can keep perspective for how this process unfolds it takes months to a few years until you find your new normal, until maybe you wake up one morning and you're not sad about it as much as you used to be. Um, And also finding the things that you can do for yourself to empower yourself, to take care of your body better. We can't just let MS... You know, run its course and do what it wants to do to us. I think we need to boost our um, body at the cellular level using just really good lifestyle habits, taking self-care every day. And one of the most important gifts I've gotten from MS is to sharply focus on what really matters to me and to intentionally design my life to get rid of all the things that don't matter or that don't serve me, and to really focus on the things that bring me joy, that that you know bring me gratification, doing work that I love, spending time with family. So MS has helped me see more clearly. And I think as a result, I live a much more, um, a fuller life in many ways. And maybe if I had to go back, I maybe, you know, I would change it if I could, but I'm also grateful for the lessons it's taught me. So that's just life, right? You don't go through life without pain and heartache and The amazing thing is we can all find our way out of it with the right support, getting the right people around us and developing the right mindset.
1: And I love that. You've given some really, I think, sage advice there. And for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Dr. Susan and her way of thinking, uh, Consult the program notes for her website and follow up with her and learn more about her approach to living with MS. I do like that you say you've intentionally designed my life. So you're not just sitting back and allowing MS to happen to you, but you're finding ways to coexist with this disease in a positive manner. So I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to us. And for our listeners, again, you've been listening to the MS Diagnosis Journey with Dr. Susan Perubi, and I'm your host, Laura. Have a great day. Thank you.